Makers of Sport Podcast, Episode 38, Halftime. minute show on the off weeks of interviews where I discuss topics such as professionalism, entrepreneurship, and business to help you in your careers so that you can apply it in the sports industry. Real quick, before I move forward with this episode, I want to mention that I had some feedback on the last episode when it comes to establishing authority in-house. Now, when I define in-house, I mean in-house at a corporation, a team, a brand, or anywhere that you work on one company, not an agency, not a marketing company. Um, I have only worked at agencies or freelance, so I can't personally shed much light on fighting these corporate in-house battles. Uh, I can I can tell how I fight the battles as an outsider. Uh, but truthfully, these halftimes are more geared towards entrepreneurship and freelancing. But with that being said, I'm actually going to be bringing on my good pal, Jenny Herberger, on a future episode to discuss the topic of fighting for design when working in-house. Jenny is a friend of mine that I met in 2006 at the How Design Conference in Atlanta. Uh, she was actually speaking at the event. Uh, she And she is a nationally recognized speaker, having spoken numerous times at How Design uh, and AIGA conferences. She is also a co-founder and managing partner of the Fulcrum Agency, which is a management consultancy specializing in the development of sustainable design and marketing part departments in-house. So Jenny will be joining us soon to shed some light on those in-house issues. Uh, as I said, Jenny is a good friend of mine from afar, and I can't wait to catch up with her and have her drop some knowledge particular to that topic for you guys. Now, to get on with today's episode, I'm going to be discussing side projects. What are they? How do they affect what we do professionally? And how can they aid in our growth or potentially grow into sustainable businesses? Now, first of all, let's discuss what are side projects. They are endeavors that we as creative people take on that differ from our usual day-to-day. -day. You can have a full-time job and pursue a side project at home at night, or you can be a full-time freelancer or agency professional and still pursue a side project. In fact, many of the best creatives do. Think about some of the guests on the show, for example. Matt Stevens was grinding away at some agency working on manufacturing-based creative that he was just not passionate about. He began the Max 100 project as a passion project. He was passionate about sneakers, specifically the Air Max 1. And his dream client was Nike. So early in the mornings, Matt would head to work and create the work that he actually wanted to make for fun before anyone else got there. Now, he's an early riser. Obviously, you can do this stuff at night as well. Anyhow, he decided to quit posting the work he was making in his day-to-day -to, -day to his portfolio and instead tailor 
that outside work to the style of work he wanted to create in the future for clients. Now, this eventually led Matt to create a Kickstarter, which became his Max 100 project, uh, which is a book of 100 Air Max 1 illustrations created in different visual styles. The Kickstarter was successfully funded and eventually led him to getting work from Nike and having Teeker Hatfield himself owning a copy of Matt's book, a side project. In this instance, Matt's side work led him to not only develop and hone a new style, but to land work from some of the biggest brands today, such as Facebook, Nike, Pinterest, Dunkin' Donuts, and more. Consider your favorite designer for a second. The majority of those designers are known for something other than just being a designer working for clients. If you remember in Fraser Davidson's episode, he mentioned wanting to work on sports branding. So what did he do? He started making fake logos for completely made up teams. And this eventually enabled him to become known for a particular style of sports branding work and landed him work with Nike and a contract gig working with one of the best in our industry, Joe Bosack and company. Side projects can help you become known for something. Let's take an example outside of the sports industry. Some of you may have heard of Jessica Hish. If you haven't, you've probably been living in a cave because she is only one of the most popular hand letterers out there today. Anyhow, back in 2009, Jessica was not well known, although she was working for one of the top lettering shops in the industry, Louise Philly Limited. Jessica was passionate about lettering and was wanting to embark on a freelance career. But she had not many clients, and no one really knew who she was. So she started a little fun side project called Daily Drop Cap, a project which she drew a new illustrative letter of the alphabet daily in a different visual style in order to practice and experiment with her designs. She eventually ended up creating 13 different alphabets, and in the peak of the project, her site was getting over 100,000 hits per month. This project basically put her on the proverbial design map, and it landed her speaking gigs and clients such as Starbucks, Tiffany & Company, Wired Magazine, The New York Times, and many more. Now, there are thousands of letterers out there. It has become almost cliche on Dribble and at conferences. But Jessica was known for something. She was no longer just a letterer, an industry where... Fame didn't even come to her by doing the lettering work at the top shop in the country, but rather now she was the daily drop cap girl. There was something tangible people could point to when they talked to her. Because of this, she's since been named to the Forbes 30 Under 30, the Art Directors Club Young Guns, and been featured in many popular business and creative industry publications. Now, Hitch also coined the term procrastinating. It's the type of work you do while you're supposed to be doing something else. For Jessica, it helps her exercise parts of her brain that otherwise go unused during repetitive lettering work that she gets requests for. Side projects should always scratch your own itch, so to speak. Although they certainly can become viable businesses, Gmail, Craigslist, and even Uber can trace their roots back to work being created on the side. They should never begin with the idea that you will make money from them. 
that can muddy things up really quick as the passion will soon fade. It is rare, at least for a long time, that side projects make money. And even if they do bring in revenue, it's highly unlikely that the revenue is going to be enough to sustain you full time. In fact, many of the most highly successful businesses born out of side projects were never meant to be anything more than just creative experiments. Google's 20% time, which you may have heard of, uh, has become a bit famous, and out of it have come some of their best products. This is where they allow employees to spend 20% of their time as a Google employee at Google during their workdays on their own projects. Companies like this want folks that are so passionate they will experiment. And sometimes those experiments become actual products. Many technology companies, including those in sports such as ESPN, will do things occasionally like hackathons where they will get together over beer and pizza on a weekend or maybe just an all-nighter hacking away on fun little side projects that might possibly be able to be implemented into their everyday business models eventually. Tobias von Schneider, whom I have referenced before in one of the halftime episodes, is an art director at Spotify. Now, he's recently responsible for Spotify's most recent interface design. And he is notorious for side projects such as Authentic Weather, Simplis, which is a WordPress portfolio template, and most notably, .mail, which was an effort to redesign email. Tobias believes and states that side projects should be stupid. He states in a talk, quote, Side projects are great because you don't have to know everything. You get to be a beginner again because no one is watching you and there are no expectations. If you don't have an idea, don't stress about it. Just go do something else. It's this attitude that it doesn't matter that allows us to be inspired and to work only on things we truly want to work on, end quote. If you are doing a side project for any other reason than yourself, you should stop. I'll use this podcast as an example. Three or four years ago, I was talking to my pals, fellow Kentuckian Dan Simon of Studio Simon and Joe Bosack of Joe Bosack and Company, uh, when I brought them to Lexington to speak for a, a separate speaking engagement. Anyhow, I was talking to them about starting a website, an interview website or blog dedicated to the intersection of sports and design and possibly interviewing folks making things in this industry. Selfishly, as I've mentioned before, the project was for me. Uh, it's for me to sit at the table with some of my mentors, colleagues, friends, and new potential friends to discuss what we do. The beauty is, I decided after being such an avid podcast listener to pursue this idea as a podcast instead of a written interview blog in order to practice getting better at publicly speaking and pushing myself to be uncomfortable. The trade-off is I can share this with other people who can learn from myself and my colleagues that I interview. A fun passion project for me at this time that inspires me in my day-to-day -day sports design work. I've turned down numerous interview requests simply because I'm not personally interested in the suggested guest 
Or maybe a marketing person emails me to try to get one of their designers on the show, and I just simply don't do it. This is my show, my side project. I'm not the media. I don't have to interview anyone. I have no obligations. Now, I'm not saying this to be arrogant at all because I love being able to provide value to others through the show and drive the conversations of sports and creativity forward. But I can assure you the day that I get tired of doing this and I'm no longer doing it for myself, I'll stop because the passion will be gone. And my passion is what helps me to be able to ask the tough questions to do loads of research and have insightful conversations with talented guests. Oftentimes in our niche of design, we see these football helmets designed as X brand, uh, you know, NBA teams as football helmets or whatever these types of link bait type things that we're seeing on on Fast Company and and that type of thing. And you occasionally see fake rebrands of teams. Now, there's a lot of playful banter on tw- in the Twitter community about this stuff, but truthfully, I don't actually feel these projects are bad to do. They can be challenging. They can allow you to experiment with different styles or techniques that you may not otherwise do. But keep in mind that what those personal projects are for are just that, practice. Those of us that work in the industry and are familiar with it know that many times designers or firms, or agencies, or in-housers don't actually get to do exactly what they want as it regards to big team rebrands. A lot of that's due to the amount of marketing or financial stakeholders weighing in on the decisions. Anyone stating their new NFL team fake logo is better than some actual NFL team rebrand is making a subjective assumption. There was literally no one that you had to answer to when you created that. No one to tell you they don't like it or that you have to satisfy some NBA rule or big NCAA booster. But that's part of the beauty of it, right? You got to experiment on your own accord in order to produce something that you personally wanted to produce and learn while doing it. Just don't get it twisted and fall into the trap of thinking that your idea is the best one because maybe you executed it better typographically or didn't do a roundel logo, which seems to be the trend of the NBA right now. The other day, I had a Skype conversation catching up with my pal and former guest, Ben Jenkins of One Fast Buffalo. Now, because Ben isn't a part of the traditional sports design world, working for a team or making sports branding, his episode is, uh, to be honestly, quite underrated, but I highly recommend that you go back and listen to episode 10 after the show. Ben started Warstick Bat Company, a Texas-based wooden bat company, as a side project born from his love of baseball. The products he created out of passion took off and were featured on Uncrate and a few other cool stuff type blogs. Now the company has sort of taken a life of its own and Warstick Bat Company is uh, a company that has major league stars using their bats. Ben even shuts down his office, One Fast Buffalo, from June to September to live in an Airstream trailer traveling across the country with his family. The revenue he is bringing in from his side project supports this. To stay in the baseball conversation, my friend Bethany Heck, who was on episode 27, founded her passion project, the EFAS League, as a school project, which later turned into a full-time project. She spends many nights consuming her favorite sport, 
while working on a brand that deals with her favorite sport in the EFAS League. The side project raised funding two times on Kickstarter, something nearly unheard of. An article on Lifehacker written last summer mentions that side projects can help us psychologically as well. A study by San Francisco State psychology professor Dr. Kevin Eshelman and his colleagues studied the effect of creative hobbies on over 400 employees in different companies and put them in two groups, asking them about their creative hobbies outside of work, such as photography, cooking, writing, etc. The results showed that those who had creative passions going on outside of their work felt a greater sense of control and mastery. The study even mentions the word recovery. People with creative side projects are able to recover from their work, their day-to-day work. Now think about that. Doing work that you are passionate about can help you recover from the work that you perform most of the time in your day-to-day. The study also concludes that this creative recovery outside of work can positively influence your performance inside work. So to add to the encouragement I provided in the halftime episode 34, Just Start, the next time you have an idea for something and feel passionate about it, pursue it as a side project. Make it for yourself, not for other people. Do it to heal your mind and challenge yourself to discover new talents. Who knows, if you keep pushing forward with that project out of passion, it may become your full-time gig one day. If you have any questions or comments for me on this topic or have suggestions of another topic you'd like me to discuss in these halftime episodes, then please feel free to email me info at makersofsport.com. Next week's episode guests will be the partners of Double Dan Cartwright, a Brooklyn-based creative agency focused on advertising, design, motion, illustration, copywriting, and many other creative disciplines for sports and entertainment-related clients. They are probably most notable for their recent rebrand of the Milwaukee Bucks, but have created work for the likes of Nike, Red Bull, Mercedes-Benz, and many more. The company's founders also publish a biannual large-format sports publication called The Victory Journal. Now, I just ordered a few of these and have been diving into them. Some great stuff there. In the meantime, you can find them at doubledayandcartwright.com. As always, please like, rate, and write reviews of the show on iTunes. You can get there by going to makersofsport.com iTunes. I'll also accept likes or ratings on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever else you may be happening to listening to this podcast. Uh, Here's a review written recently by Zeus Arts. He writes, Yep, this is my new favorite podcast. If you're in the sports design niche, then this wonderful podcast is a must for you. I've yet to find anything like it. Such an amazing resource for info, ideas, resources, and maybe even connections. Thank you for your hard work, Adam. Zeus, many thanks for the review. Now, Zeus, I know, is actually also on Twitter, at ZeusArts, if you want to follow him. Uh, And I believe he works as a designer for the Brooklyn Nets. It's great to know that I'm able to inspire the work you're doing in the NBA, Zeus. I appreciate it. The rest of you, please go to makersofsport.com slash iTunes right now and hit the five star. Even better, Write something on there telling other listeners or myself how much you like the show and what you like about it. 
who knows, I may even read it and shout out your Twitter on the show as well. Lastly, follow me, ask questions, and say hello to me on Twitter and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash makersofsport. I'm at T. Adam Martin on Twitter and Dribble. The show is at Makers of Sport. Until next time, have a good week.